Next on BYUSN, it is game day on a Friday. And frankly, we're hoping that we have the second best performance in this stadium today. The Cosmo? And it doesn't matter how BYU wins if it wins, right? Right? Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere on a brisk late October Friday morning. Brisk 28. I am Spencer Linton alongside a bundled up Jerem Jordan. What's the weather right now? It's freezing, man. I think 36 degrees. I'm 36, yeah. So t tonight, uh, according to uh, you know the weather app, 51 degrees. Okay, so not going to be that cold. But that once kick. the sun goes down, okay, in the fourth quarter, it's going to be low 40s. So it's, it's going to be crispy, but great to be here, second time in the stadium. By the way, I haven't seen the new desk here. This looks amazing. Uh, for BYUSN Game Day, also BYU Sports Nation today. So, yeah, we're, we're excited about today's show, including Roy Philpott of ESPN, who's calling the game. He's going to join the program. What sticks out? What kind of urgency does he sense from his conversations with BYU? Superstar soccer uh, player uh, Ali Fryer, hopefully going to join us uh, You know, uh, in the game tomorrow. We're planning on having her here today, but uh, she's getting ready for that game, not available. Big game with Santa Clara, Spence. And how did volleyball do without Whitney Bauer at setter? She's injured, uh, has a knee injury, did not play. How'd the Cougars do last night? We'll tell you. All right. And Lauren Gustin throws up a Barbara Walters. Ooh. You know what I mean by that? I like that. And why the Pac-12 is still crazy naive. But first, today's headlines. Yes, center stage, BYU football at Lavelle Edwards Stadium hosting the Pirates of East Carolina. I predict at least one pirate costume in the stadium tonight. Maybe you should dress up as a pirate. Why would a Cougar fan show up? I'm saying the, the I'm saying the pirate fans oh. will dress up as pirates. Halloween weekend. They coming out for this one? They split the all-time series, these two teams. BYU winning back in 2015 and the Cougars losing in Greenville back in 2017, 33-17. Pre-game coverage starts at 6 Eastern, 4 Mountain on BYU TV. You can listen to full coverage on the BYU radio app as well. Huge game day for all of you right here from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Cougars in the NFL coming up this weekend. Big one for Zach Wilson and the injured Jets against the Pats. Tyler Adair and the Falcons have a big one in the NFC South against Brady Christensen and the Panthers. Fred Warner and the Niners play the struggling Rams. Dax Miller and the Commanders play the Colts, who are going to start Sam Ellinger at quarterback. Taysom Hill and the Saints host the Raiders. And roller skate aficionado Jamal Williams and the Lions take on the Dolphins. Jeremy, you just teased it, so let's talk about BYU women's volleyball. The 17th-ranked Cougars. Facing some tough odds. Injuries, they showed up in a big way last night. They sweep Gonzaga, led by Aaron Livingston's career night, 22 kills. BYU completes the season sweep against the Zags as well. They'll take on Portland on Saturday, 3 Eastern, 1 Mountain. You can watch that on BYU TV or the BYU TV app. Big time performance without Whitney Bauer, Abby Taylor, tremendous. 10 kills in the first set from Aaron Livingston. 10! Women's basketball defeated the Westminster Griffins 72-51, not to be confused with Westminster, in an exhibition game led by Lauren Gustin's 25 points and 24 rebounds. Whoa! In 2020, it was 25 and 24? There. Season opener November 8th at Colorado State. Originally, it was going to be South Carolina. The uh, Gamecocks got out of that. Well, this is a week of huge games for every BYU team it feels, including 13th-ranked BYU women's soccer when they host number 23 and longtime rival Santa Clara Saturday night at Southfield. Remember, the last time these teams met was in the NCAA College Cup, BYU winning in PKs. The history is long. They don't like each other. And once again, drama on the line. Both of these teams competing for a West Coast Conference Championship tomorrow night. BYU has to win this game, Jerem, if they want to hoist the WCC trophy once again. Eight Eastern, 
Uh, six Mountain on BYU TV. Cannot wait for this match. They love hoisting trophies. Number two men's and number five women's cross country compete in the West Coast Conference Championships today in Portland. Shout out to the 503 at Fern Hill Park. I have no idea where that's at despite growing up there. Shout out to, uh, yeah, everybody that's, uh, you know, a final hurrah there in Portland. The men's team seeking an eighth straight title. The women a fifth. Get it done. We featured BYU women's tennis yesterday with that duo going to nationals. Yeah. How about a shout out to the men's tennis team? Eight different players in Texas for the Rice Fall Challenge. Play began yesterday, will continue through tomorrow. This marks the final event of the fall season for the Cougar men. All rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. Desperation mode activated. BYU a three-point home favorite, 56% huh? chance to win, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, when they take on East Carolina tonight. Still surprised by that. Yeah, it's, it's projected to be a very close game. Jeremy, does it even matter how BYU wins as long as they win tonight? It does not matter, Spence. I, I do not care about the means. We're, we cannot be that picky. Uh, beggars aren't choosers in this case. BYU a beggar it with three losses in a row with a talented 5-3 and three ECU team that very easily could be 6-1 and one had they uh, sealed the deal against North Carolina State and uh, Navy. Uh, great comeback against Memphis. Certainly could have lost that one too. But this is a team that just worked by 21 UCF last week. Took the ball away four times. Took it to the 5-1 and one UCF Knights who the week before had put up a 70 spot on Temple. I am intimidated by how good ECU's offense is in particular. Understandably. I, given BYU, even if BYU's defense was good, BYU's defense isn't even okay right now. It's terrible. They need to play way better, obviously. And, uh, you know, you gave up 52 against Arkansas, who is uh, right now kind of middle of the pack SEC team. What is an American team that's kind of in the upper echelon in ECU? What do they bring? Uh, it's a short week. They're traveling far, traveling west, not a, as big a deal as traveling east in terms of sure, the time, sure. right? They're going, they're going back in time. You know, Marty McFly <laughs> showing up for ECU, like not a big deal. But it's it's this ECU offense and the ballers. I'll get to that later in okay, game notes. Okay. Uh, in the program that intimidates me because they've got a quarterback and running back and two wide receivers that are top 10 in something in the country, and and that makes me nervous because the BYU defense has been Swiss cheese the last couple of weeks. Let's talk about it. 40 points a game allowed the last three average. Not great. 7.3 yards per play, 6 yards a carry, 9 yards per pass attempt. You want to be like sub-8 there, six right? 6 yards a carry is the one that concerns me the most. That's a big one. Keaton Mitchell is legit. One BYU player told me yesterday he's the fastest player, fastest running back we will have faced this season. So faster than Oregon. Faster than Oregon. And here's one that uh, let's break down. 37 minutes of possession allowed to the opposing team. For that to go down, there's two things that need to happen. Obviously, BYU's defense got to get off the field. But BYU's got to be able to run the rock. Stop playing from behind. Stop saying, hey, Jaron, carry us with your injured shoulder. I know Aaron Roderick said, hey, he's 100%. He can't be 100% the way he's played the last couple weeks, right? The if he's a hundy and he's delivering those performances, that's tough. Yeah, the numbers tell the story. Since he took yes. that hit against Utah State, he's been a different quarterback. And he was good against Arkansas in spite of that. But Notre Dame, obviously different. Didn't take hardly any reps that week. Um, and so, yeah, you got to be able to run the ball. Chris Brooks is out. So Miles Davis and Lopini Katoa got to – Got to show up tonight and help BYU at least. If you don't score, you got to get a couple first down, first downs, chew up a few minutes, give the defense a rest, get back out there, and hopefully they get a couple of takeaways. BYU defense got to play better. The offense got to play better too. This isn't 100% on the defense. The offense has to play complementary football. 
I don't care how BYU wins this game as long as they win. This is the scenario where you've been wandering in the wilderness for a while. You're starving, you're thirsty, and you come down from the foothills and you're like, Oh, the golden arches. Not high-quality food. But you know How what? How dare you? I you're love gonna, McDonald's. You're going to run into McDonald's, and you're going to order the worst thing on the menu because it tastes so great. The, how, um, like, I get McDonald's weekly. Can you imagine? You're starving. BYU is starving for a win. And they've been wandering. You come down, and you that's the only restaurant. you Can you imagine? Like, ah, I'll hold up. Why are you dumping on America's... Oh. I'll They're one restaurant. For, I'll hold out for something better. Wait, I get you know. Let me help, let me help this analogy because you've offended me with McDonald's. It's it's that fat it's that post fast off fast Sunday potluck in a student Everything ward where it's delicious. terrible. Everything tastes delicious. But it tastes delicious. Uh, yes. Let me give you another analogy. I'm on my Mijan trip in uh, Brazil, and for some reason in southern Brazil they love cabbage, but like it's dry. I craved cabbage suddenly when I was down there. And I had it, and I was like, that was amazing. And then later I was like, what the heck? I don't like cabbage. That was so dry. That was crazy. Maybe later we'll think that about an ECU win if BYU wins 10-7. to 7. But right now, cares? you are right. We are hungry. Starving. Day hungry. Starving. It does not matter. The quality of food, the quality of win does not matter. A win is the most important thing. Yeah, I, I would take. You just need a meal. Who cares what's in front of you? I would take two nothing. Here. This is like the rare instance where I would take a safety to nothing Take win. this random collection of <laughs> mountain berries and wood chips that have some form of protein. Okay, wood chips? I'm starving. Hopefully they're, hopefully they're not buffalo no, chips. It does not matter how BYU wins this game as long as they win. They want to, We always talk about, man, it's you know, it stinks to like learn through a loss, and it's way better to learn and get better through a win. BYU sure. can play the ugliest football game ever tonight. I don't care if they give up 54. As long as they score 55, Awesome. Bring Toledo 2016. Do we care about that? No. We talk about Jamal Williams and his five touchdowns and his 286 rushing yards. Talk about Like, uh, oh, we gave up 53 points, though. Who cares? You won the game. That is what it's it's about. Like, desperation mode activated. Just win the game, whether it's 2 to nothing, 7 to 6, 10 to 9, 55, 54. I don't care. Win the game and feast on whatever is in front of you. It'll be better than eating nothing. What if BYU needs to make a field goal tonight to win? Ed Lamb revealed on Monday on Coordinator's Corner that Jake Oldroyd is back as the starting place kicker. He should be. What if BYU needs a kick and this time it goes in? Hero That would mode. be nice. Hero I, mode. And, and, yeah. Redemption. I would love the redemption story involved there. If that's what it came down nice. to and Jake made the kick. Means don't matter. Means just, no, don't. Just win the end game. game. We're in the end game now. We're in the end game now. All right. With that, with that in mind, let's get to uh, some game day guarantees. Eat, people! It's time for your BYU Sports Nation game day guarantees. Guarantees. Yeah, right. To be wrong. Hey. Wait, is Mike still on? I'm 50%. Come on, Ben. 12 for 24. I can't talk crap on 50% because I'm worse than that. <laughs> I'm sub 30. Yeah. I'm like, what am I? Well, I don't even know. Sub for 24. Sub for 24, that's right around 30%. That's probably my three point percentage in pickup. 30%? Yeah. yeah, that's an okay three point percentage. I'd take, yeah, <laughs> I'm probably lower. All right, what are your game day guarantees, Jeremy? Number one, give me the over at 63 and a half. I think this is going to be a shootout. Okay, so for those that aren't aware of the over, this is total points projected by our friends in the desert. Like the total I'm not friends between with them. ECU and BYU combined. You think it's going to be 64 or more? Yeah. I what think there's a lot of points. I hope okay. many from Brigham. Okay. Number two, 600, 
plus combined pass yards between uh, Holton Aylers and Jaron Hall. Stranger, that feels very safe. A lot, <laughs> lot of pass yards going on tonight. That feels safe. Despite it being cold and maybe a little uh, moist or whatever, yeah. Okay, number three. Here we go. I'm going to reverse curse myself, okay? Ooh. The people that don't like when I say 17 plus for BYU. I'm going the opposite. I'm going ECU. 17 yes. plus in an attempt yes. to reverse this and get BYU a dub. We are summoning I love all it. Let's go. Non I'm gonna uh, stand up. I'm gonna stand devil. up and clap for this. Thank that, you. Jared. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's give it up for it. Yeah, for yeah. Reverse 17 plus. Curse. Let's go. Hey. Reverse curse. Let's go. Let's get this done. Plus hey, I've always wanted to do Wolf Blitzer CNN thing where we stand up, and now you're seeing that I'm wearing sweats today. So there you go. There you go. Those, those are my three. Nobody cares, it's freezing. I know. Totally There's no usher going, where's your pass? Totally understandable. All right. 17 plus reverse curse ECU. Number one, Jerem, ECU will have at least one series of three and out tonight. Of course they will. At, le at least one? <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm mailing it in because BYU's been so bad on third down defense. Come on, please. If there's not one three and out, oh, we're in for a bit. need to be a long night. Three or five. I'll take just third down stops in general. You don't have to go three and out. I'm thinking like one three and out. Just give me <laughs> one. one three and out. Oh, uh, I need to mail it in like that more. I was going to be like, everyone will be cold. Okay. <laughs> At some point. <laughs> Number two. And these are like, again, mine are like, please. Like, like I am pleading for these. <laughs> one three and out. Number two. BYU, are pl yours, please? BYU will finally not be outscored in the second quarter. Fi like second quarter be has nice. been a disaster did for you, BYU this these season. These are Garen, please. Garen, if I guarantee, I guarantee BYU will not be outscored <laughs> in the second quarter. Please rush for <laughs> like please. 30 yards or something. I do feel like it's the first team to 30 wins. I think it's going to be a shootout for sure. First I, team to score 30, you're going to win this game. Well, if it's a shootout, I mean, they're going to trade, so it's not guaranteed that the first to get the. Well, the, oh, because over 63 and a half, like they're thinking like a 33 30 you game. You think in the fourth, someone reaches 30? Yes. Someone's getting to the 40s tonight. Ooh, you think someone's going to go into the 40s? Oh, yeah, take the over, baby. Even with the cold weather? Yeah. Now, I'm going to give you a note. I hope it's BYU. I'm going to give you a note later <laughs> that would suggest that, that just maybe it's not East Carolina as the team that's getting to 40 on the road. Okay? Shocking, biased BYU opinion. I'm not just saying. I'm from just us. going up trends. I'm just going up trends from when I've watched them play on never the road. Never claim not to be homers. <laughs> We're employed by Brigham, man. <laughs> Literally we, paid by do BYU. Do we want BYU to win this game? <laughs> Versus 30 wins. Those are the guarantees. Yeah, that was a circus. Circus We music almost circus made it segment. to the post, the end of the song. Holy Almost. Cow. We're like five seconds short. Our question of the day is this. Does it matter? <laughs> Does it even matter how BYU plays? As long no. as they win this game tonight. Can you see? Can you see our? Oh, yeah. I don't think you can. It's, it's freezing. It's cold, man. At Long Maple Bar. <laughs> Is this like like a like a BYU dining person? That's, I don't know. They're like enough with the chocolate. At Long Maple Bar okay. says I'd prefer BYU plays like we all know BYU's capable of playing. Yep. But breaking a three-game losing streak is more than enough for me. Yeah. Th th this isn't the game where we need BYU to play a certain way. That's no. Utah Tech. Long live on Maple BYU Bar. Team. Listen, if the win is a crusty old cougar tail that's more than a week old, but you're starving. More than a week old? You'll take it as long as it's a win. If you're starving, you will eat that. I don't know about more than a week old. <laughs> Which, by the way, that's cool that Twitter still works to fight, despite everyone being fired yesterday. Yeah, thanks, Elon, for Elon letting Musk us keep our accounts. Elon Musk shows up and does what most of the fans wanted with the BYU defensive staff. <laughs> Gosh.
gosh. No, they're still employed. Elon, thanks, buddy. <laughs> can we get that blue check mark already? Why can't no. we get a blue check mark? No. We don't have a blue the show check does. mark. The show's got a blue check mark. I don't care. BYU TV Sports has That's got great. a blue check mark. That's great. Of course, mark. it should. Can we, get a, can we get a blue check mark? Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and I don't want to name names, but marketing. Let's go. BYU Sports Nation game day has full pregame coverage tonight. Cougars and Pirates. Don't know if you heard. 6 Eastern tonight on BYU TV. Yari. You need that You need that grill uh, pumping some fire tonight. Yes, please. Cold. Up next, man who's going to call the game for ESPN, Roy Philpott, joins us on set. Can we get him something warm? We, we need to get him something warm. What's his view on the state of BYU football? This is BYU Sports Nation. It is a game day, live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Those were defensive highlights. BYU Sports Nation continues. I, I know. More of those. That was purposeful. More of those. BYU needs more of those under the lights at Lavelle yeah. Edwards Stadium alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. It's cold, but we're warm thinking about the potential of BYU snapping a three-game losing streak in Provo. Got to do it. The man who is going to call the game for ESPN tonight is Roy Philpott. He joins us. He was kind enough to dress up and get Warm and come hang out in the, yeah, the frigid air. A little cold out here right now, yes, but it's sir. not too bad. Not as bad as I thought it would be. Hey, well, well, once that sun goes down tonight. <laughs> it's a little different, yeah. <laughs> it'll, be, we, it'll, it'll be chilly. We traveled in last night, and our sideline reporter, Paul Carcantieri, was on my flight from Atlanta, and he looked at my suitcase. It's a tiny suitcase, and he said, hey, did you bring a big coat? I'm like, yeah, I, I've called games here before, Paul, and I brought my big coat <laughs> because up there in the booth it gets pretty frigid. For it's, sure. It's, uh, I believe it's an open-air booth, is it not? It is, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it gets a little chilly. You're a man prepared. Yeah, uh, I think so. And I think you're going to – I know how you're going to answer this next question, but what's what's been the best thing you've done in Provo since you got here this time around? Well, we went to Bam Bam's Barbecue last night, mm -hmm. and I'm here to tell you the brisket is uh, to die for. So, yeah, we, we <laughs> so really good. enjoyed that. It's the first time I've been there. Our analyst, Andre Ware, had been here a couple of times, been there a couple of times, Spencer, and uh, he had been talking about it all week. I, I intentionally saved the appetite until late last night, and now I have brisket remorse because I probably had about three pounds. <laughs> it was great. It was great. So that's been the highlight so Fantastic. far. We love Cam True. We know the owner. We're, we love Bam Bam. Awesome. Well, which is awesome. And Andre, Andre saying he loves it too is a big deal Yeah, as a Houston guy. Yeah, no, no that's doubt. That's quite the compliment. Yeah, look, I'm from South Carolina. I take a lot of pride in our barbecue. I'm sure. I lived in Dallas for a couple of years. I know what Texas barbecue is all about. You know. And it reminded me a lot of Texas barbecue. It's got that kind of smoky sensation to it. It was it was legit. Now, what is also smoky is tonight's matchup. Oh, my uh, goodness. Transition. Because BYU's defense has been terrible yeah. the last three games. What kind of urgency do you sense from this team to try and get it right against a very talented ECU offense? I think the message this week has, has been positive. It's what you want to hear because you realize what's at stake right now. And if you look at these final couple of games, tonight's game, I mean, you don't want to say it's a must win to go to a bowl game before you go to the Big 12. But feels that way. It's got to be. I mean, because you, you feel good about Utah Tech, and then you look at road trips coming up to Boise State and Stanford. Th those are going to be tough. You win this game tonight, all of a sudden that becomes much more manageable. So in terms of postseason, uh, I, I think the staff understands what's at stake tonight, and there's a better sense of urgency, you know. But I, I think it's all about it's responding to adversity tonight. When adversity strikes, does this team play in a different way than what we saw last week against Liberty and maybe the last couple of games. 
Again, I'm hearing the right stuff. I just think, what does it look like tonight on the field? Sure. That's exactly fair, what, fair how questions. we feel as well. Yeah. Like, and what is it going to look like? Maybe there's something to the home atmosphere and yeah. night games. I mean, we have spent all week talking about how weird it is that BYU has been so markedly better at night, yeah. especially at home. Let's tell you that stat, by the way. They haven't been Maybe anywhere you know. else. Yeah. If you don't know, since 2019, 6 p.m. or later local kick. Yeah. 23-1. and one. Yeah, I, I think I've read that. Just one loss? Just one loss to Utah in 2019, who was as high as five that year. Okay. They were, they were amazing. In, in, in addition, I think Coach Sataki against teams from the Eastern time zone and night kicks out here, is, is his record is pretty spectacular as well. So Perfect, yeah. It, it's perfect. So there, there's something to be said about that. I think it's critical from the BYU side tonight for the crowd to be in it. And, again, when something goes wrong, you know, the wheels don't come off in terms of the atmosphere. I see that a lot in college football. For teams that are struggling, they're playing a home game, there's big expectations, things go wrong, everybody kind of sits on their hands. That That's not what you're trying to do this late in sure. the season. You're a Carolina guy. You know where Greenville is. You know where East Carolina is coming from. I do, yeah. 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 They have good barbecue there, too, by the <laughs> they way. They do? It's kind of that – it's a different flavor to it. Hey, they're coming to 40 degrees in Provo and making the two-time zone travel jump and, and having to play at Lavelle Stadium at night. How much do you put into that – impacting what we think is a really good East Carolina team. Yeah, it, it, it does. I think the travel, it, it impacts more than people talk about. I mean, when you come across the country, almost 2,000 miles, the temperature difference, a place you've never been before, there's that unfamiliarity, I guess, to it. I think all those things matter. And, you know, from an ECU perspective is how do they handle that? How do they handle adversity for the first time? They've played well lately. I mean, they, they look really strong and comeback wins against Memphis and what they did last week against UCF. Wow. I mean, they smashed UCF. We yes. had UCF earlier this year against Louisville, and Gus Malzahn's team, they can run it. They're physical. They've got athletes. They've got speed, all kinds of things, and ECU smashed them. So, different environment tonight, and coming across the country is a big deal. As a broadcaster, I mean, sometimes you feel that with a bunch of trips out west from where I am in South Carolina. For a football team, for an athlete this late in the season, it can be a big deal. How do they handle it? So, I mean, yeah. Dealing with adversity for both sides tonight. It sounds cliche, but it's a big deal. BYU's offense has got to keep up with ECU's offense um, because they've got some ballers in in Ehlers, Mitchell, Johnson, Winstead, and others. Yeah, all these guys are top ten in something in yeah. the country. I'm wondering how that happens, uh, given the way BYU's defense has played the last three weeks, giving up 40 a game, and uh, but. That's going to be a challenge for BYU against those guys. I think so. And, I mean, in particular, you talk about C.J. Johnson and his relationship with Holton Aylers. It goes back to high school. Mm -hmm. There's a good continuity there that I think has really paid dividends for them. And he knows where to go with the football if things go awry on a particular play. And so that relationship has been special. But they've got weapons. I mean, our crew call this morning, we talked about a big three, and really it's a big four. You talked about Mitchell yep. and Johnson, Winstead, and, and Aylers, all, all those guys tons of experience that uh, are going to pose a problem, and they, they have all year long. We've seen it in the AAC. We'll see it again tonight. If BYU and East Carolina do get into a shootout, what do you make of Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua and the BYU offense, who have looked brilliant at moments, yeah. and then at Liberty, from the second quarter on, just kind of huge head scratcher. So where are you with the BYU offense if this goes to a shootout? Well, I mean, it, it, it's interesting because BYU is without its leading rusher tonight, is without its leading receiver tonight, as we all know. And, and so for Puka Nakua, I, I, I'm looking, he's got to touch the football 15 times. And, and I don't think they want to line him up as a running back, you know, five or six times, but to guarantee touches, you're going to have to do that some. So can he create some plays there? What, what does that look like in the screen game, you know, getting him the ball? He's got to touch it a bunch. And I, I told our crew this morning, I was like, we need to have a counter on, on how many times he touches. Yes. We need to have the telestration ready to go if he lines up in the backfield or where he is because, you know, it's a big part of the offense. And then for Jaron Hall, 
I think he's healthier now. I, I think that makes a big difference. He's practiced all week. He's getting all the reps and the snaps that he needs. You know, that didn't really happen against Notre Dame a few weeks back when things started to turn south. That matters. Um, you know, I, I don't know what happened the second half against Liberty. It's just like I, I watched him like this, this doesn't look like what so I expect. Yeah. weird. Weird game. It was strange. Yes. Yeah, it really was. Because he's on NFL boards, but certainly Notre Dame and Liberty haven't helped in that regard. He was he was lauded a potential first-round guy earlier in the season, perhaps off of that right now. But he has a few games to get back in it. Back to Puka, by the way. Once every six touches, he's scoring. It's yeah. just crazy. And I, I love, hey, get him the ball. But I also think, eh, it's a little sign of desperation when you throw him in the backfield. Like, this is what we have to do to get this done. But BYU's a, a – this is the same team that beat Baylor here early in the year. Now, Baylor's struggled a little bit. Still, a good, still team. good team. Still a good team. But it's also a team that got worked by Liberty. So, we don't – we watch BYU every week. We don't even know what BYU we're going to get here yeah. tonight. I don't know if BYU knows what BYU they're going to get here tonight. No, I, I, I don't. And I don't think that they know. And I, I think with Coach Shataki, you know, he's looking at the team, trying to press the right buttons, taking over defensive sure. play calling and, sure. and trying to massage that a little bit into a better direction. I will say this. Listening to, to Puka talk this week, I love his demeanor. Like, it, we, we talked to Jaron Hall, and, and I liked his demeanor too and what he said to us. But with Puka, you know, there, there's an energy about him that I would like to see kind of permeate throughout the rest of the team. I think that potential is there. I think they're going to start fast tonight. Again, the question is, how do you handle adversity? And it may be up to Puka, Jaron, to just kind of lift these guys yeah. up when, when they need it. But, you know, Puka, he, he gets done with the press conference. Adios, go Cougs. I, I, I just love his vibe and kind of what he's doing. They need more of that from this team right Yeah, now. and I'm glad you keep bringing up adversity because it has struck in a major way, primarily in the second quarter. The second quarter yeah. has been an absolute disaster for BYU this season. I want to say they're minus 80 in the second quarter after the Liberty I don't game. think it's that high, but it's high. I mean, it's, I'll look so, it up right it's now. so well, bad. The, the starts have been good. I mean, against Liberty, the start was great. Yes. That's exactly yeah. what you want. start wanted. against Arkansas was good. Absolutely. Yep. Second quarter, the wheels kind of fall off against the Razorbacks and against the Flames. And minus so, 58. Minus 58. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Okay, so minus 58 in the second quarter alone. Plus 52 in the first. I mean, what, yeah. how, how do you address something like so, that? So, to me, when I hear that, I, I look at the game plan going in, and, you know, they're going to look at scripting some plays in certain sequences with A-Rod and, and with Jaron and trying to get things going. That, that script, everything looks good because they're starting the way they need to. Other teams are making adjustments. Okay, what do we do to adjust better? When you look back and self-scout yourself, and we talk with coaches about this across the country every single week, what are we doing where we've got to get better, where we've got to improve? And so I think tonight, you know, again, that that's under the spotlight. I, look, East Carolina is probably going to put up some points. It's going to be imperative for Puka to get going, Jaron to get going. However that happens, what's the cheat code where you find a way <laughs> to generate yards on third down, on third and medium, on third down and short, and just keep the drive going. Like, it, it may be that simple if this game gets into a shootout and, and, and things start, you know, going north of 30 points at some point. Last, and I think it will, uh, the the total is 63.5. I'm taking the over on that. <laughs> like, I, I think it's going to be a shootout. And and when you look at uh, the last three games, BYU's allowed the other team an average of 37 minutes of possession. The defense isn't getting off the field. BYU's not yeah. able to run the ball. I think if BYU can't run the ball tonight, it's going to be tough. You yeah. can't just say, hey, Jaron, go win it. That's that's what they've tried to do against uh, a couple of teams and didn't didn't work the last few weeks. That, that, that sounds cliche. You said we got to run the ball, we got to stop the run. It's as simple as that. I, for BYU tonight, I mean, I haven't mentioned it yet, but going back to our coaches' meetings, it, it feels like that that's imperative. And, and where can you generate those rush yards? Where can you find a way on third down and whatever – to sneak and keep the drive going, and, and, and that's going to be critical. For ECU, same thing. I mean, these teams, they want to do some wide zone action. They want to get their backs going. 
you know, ECU is without its top back, and Harris, who's been injured the last couple weeks, he's out for the year, but they've got Keaton Mitchell, who we've talked about a little bit. That's Harris explosive. is a better back than Mitchell. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell's an 1,100-yard guy. Yeah. Harris is from my neck of the uh, my territory in South Carolina. He went to Burns High School, a powerhouse nationally. and Yeah, he's he's pretty explosive, but he's on the shelf. One, one BYU player told me yesterday that Mitchell is the fastest running back they've seen all year. That really? includes Oregon. Okay. He's, that's, he's some, that's, that's something. He yeah. is quick. Yeah. Roy Philpott of ESPN is with us on BYU Sports Nation. He'll call the game tonight, uh, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain on ESPN2. I put a lot of stock into BYU's defense being better in week two with Kalani calling the plays. I feel like when you're making a wholesale change, yeah. I feel like I should have seen it coming when they're going to Liberty and they're trying to do all this different stuff and it just got weird. But I feel like week two, now that he's had two weeks in charge of the defense, that they, that they will be better tonight. What's the sense you get from Kalani in that regard? I definitely agree, and that was one of the questions I asked him this week is just tactically how different was it last week. And you could tell, it, yeah, it's different, getting guys lined up and making sure everybody is ready to go. It, it was a major adjustment. I think it's one he's comfortable with. I think it's one that in week two, yeah, he'll make those adjustments and be better with it. We talked about tackling school and kind of what has changed there in that department. One thing he said to me that really sticks with me right now is, you know, guys got to stop leaving their feet. We're doing that too much. We did go back to the fundamentals and the basics again this week. So we, we talked about third down and medium, you know, just keeping drives going. It may be that simple. Running the football, it may be that simple. When Mitchell gets the edge tonight, when Ehlers is trying to do something on the ground perhaps, you know, can they just simply make that play that's there? There were plays to be made against Liberty last week, and they just weren't made, especially out there near the perimeter. So, again, that's some hidden yardage, something to think for about sure. tonight. All right, we've got uh, a little bit of BYU Sports yeah. Nation swag Love it. for you. Wanna, uh, you a little swag? swag? Yeah, yeah we got yeah. BYU Sports Nation on the I, back there. This I, is a very warm, like, second layer, yes. I think, is what we're talking about. I, I can't wear it tonight, right? <laughs> Obviously, Wait, what? I, I can't wear it tonight, but uh, I will be wearing this back For in the sure. Like It's cold back in the deep south. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you're a Clemson guy, and yeah. I, do, I do need to point out, one of our good friends, Tyson Hutchins, he ran, he, he put together so many of those magical videos to see with uh, Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson. He was with Athletic Marketing. He the was out in Clemson. Years. Yeah. And now he's back in Provo. Oh, that's awesome. We've got so that Clemson we've got, flavor. We've got, back we've got a Clemson flavor back Love here it. doing uh, athletic marketing videos for us well, at BYU they, again. There's, I mean, really nobody better in the country than what they started maybe 10 years ago, and then now you see it everywhere. But, uh, yeah, he, he's good people then for sure. Fantastic that's awesome. stuff. Roy, thanks for yeah, hanging thanks out with yeah, us, Appreciate man. it. Appreciate the invitation, yeah. and uh, good luck rest of the way. You Check it out on the deuce tonight. I don't think they caught that that anymore, but we I missed it. We can do whatever we want <laughs> on this program. <laughs> on the deuce. We can do what we want to do. Okay, coming up uh, tomorrow afternoon, 17th ranked BYU women's volleyball looks to extend its 26-match WCC home win streak against Portland in the Smithfield House 3 Eastern on BYU TV. And in the spirit of extreme accountability, Jerem, do we need to take at least partial blame for the three-game BYU football losing streak? I haven't missed a single tackle. I did just want we, to point that did out. Did we do something? My run fit is excellent. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Great to have you with us from Lavelle Edwards Stadium live on a Friday game day. It's time to whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. In an L.A. Times interview, Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov Hi, George. said, 
quote, eventually we'll catch those guys, end quote, in reference to the 70 million each Big Ten school beginning in their new media rights deal, to which Brett McMurphy tweeted, Big Ten's new media rights deal, about 70 million annually. Uh, George Klyovkov said that. We're looking at, uh, to be looking at expansion. Sources, Pac-12 adding Dallas Cowboys, New York Yankees, and Real Madrid. Uh, what? Listen, I, I know that he wants to be ambitious, and it's great. He's, he's got great vision. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Why, what? They're not going to catch the Big Ten. What is it? What? Like, we're talking about USC and USC, UCLA? UCLA, Ohio State, and Michigan. Okay. The and Pac- Penn State and Michigan State. The Pac-12 is not going to be on that level. It just never will be. Only the SEC can rival that. Exactly. That's the only school that has a shot. The only conference that has a shot at uh, rivalry. Yes. No, it's never going yes. to happen. Like, he's mad. He's in anger mode. Right? He's yeah. in denial. He's You're going through the stages of grief of losing USC and UCLA. He's in denial mode right now. We're all now. playing for third. We being the other Power 5 schools, uh, conferences. Yeah. Like, it doesn't – it's okay. The Pac-12 could still, like, recover and do great things and get a fantastic media rights deal, but this is just asinine. This is ridiculous. Where is it, by the way? Where's that media rights deal again? Great. I don't understand. Why? All right, on to happier things, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, I'm happy about that. Makes me laugh. Aaron Livingston, it does make us laugh. Yeah, the Cowboys and the Yankees, they'll save you. <laughs> Real Madrid. Well, maybe FC Barcelona. BYU women's volleyball got a huge win last night. And it was the way they played, led by Aaron Livingston with 22 kills. Abby Taylor taking over for the injured setter star, Whitney Bauer. Huge shoes to fill. She was awesome last night. Who had the bigger performance in the win? Was it Aaron or Abby? It's a good question. Uh, Abby was tremendous. BYU hit 416 last night. I'm going to go with Abby, even though Aaron's performance was unbelievable. And I told her as much after the match. It's because BYU had played a match without Whitney Bauer for the first time since 2018. It's been years. Abby Taylor stepped in, didn't skip a beat. Fantastic. Which well is pretty done, awesome. Abby. Can I say that the first set belongs to Aaron with her 10 kills, but I'll, as far as the overall match, the better performance for the entire match, hard to argue against Abby. I've That's seen huge. 10 kills in a set twice in my 16 years here, and one was last year. The other one was last year. Christian Janky Grand Canyon men. Yes. Yeah, Aaron won the first set. Abby takes the performance. Takes of the, the match. Night. Yeah. Lauren Gustin scored 25 points, 24 uh, rebounds in that uh, exhibition win against Westminster. Is Gustin the best basketball player on campus right now? Who else is scoring 25 points and grabbing 24 it's, rebounds? It's about uh, Barbara Walters. That's what like that, that is. Yeah. That is 20, unbelievable. A 2020. Anyone under 35, does, uh, under 30, does not get that. Jeremy, she's going to average this season probably 14 points and 14 rebounds. Like that is not out of the question Maybe for Lauren more. Gustin. She could average 14 and 14. So until somebody else can rival that, then yeah, Lauren Gustin's probably the best, most proven basketball player on campus right now. I think Lee Kamard might think he's the best. <laughs> we'll see who steps up for the BYU men's team. I mean, there are some guys that can just – Foose might be that. He's a double-double Foose guy. Foose might be that right? guy. But I think Lauren is better at that than Foose is right now. Yes, yeah. she is a double-double machine. She's literally on the preseason watch list as one of the best power forwards in the entire country. Like, yeah. When somebody for BYU men's basketball is on a list like that, okay, now we can have the conversation. Like if right? Yoli Childs was on the team, I think we'd be having a debate. You know what I mean? Lauren is so special for this women's basketball team. 13th-ranked BYU women's soccer hosting number 23 in conference leader Santa Clara tomorrow night at Southfield. What would a win tomorrow do for the BYU women's soccer team? 
keeps WCC title hopes alive, keeps hosting through the third round of the NCAA tournament alive. Basically, you've got to be a top eight team at yeah, that point. Yeah. Um, also, it, it continued the rivalry uh, against Santa Clara, where you know Santa Clara won the national championship two years ago and then got knocked out on its home field against BYU and PKs in the national semifinal. So that's about as big of a regular season match as we can have, Spence, tomorrow you know, night. Strangely, BYU can beat Santa Clara head-to-head -head tomorrow night and win out and not win the conference mm -hmm. because, because of they've tied two ties. Twice. And they go by points. And because BYU has two ties and Santa Clara, if they went out and only have the one loss, then they would win by one point there. But it doesn't matter. So as long as BYU beats Santa Clara tomorrow night, I'm starting to care less and less about the conference championship. I'm more so focused on the RPI and BYU's national ranking because right now BYU is slated as a four seed in the approaching NCAA tournament as the second best team, or second place team, I should say, in the West Coast Conference. Beat Santa Clara, you're going to have the best seed of any WCC team. Let's mm. go. Mm. Let's go. Not sure on that one. You're really? Santa Clara could still have a higher seed with the line. Their RPI is 33, yeah. and they're 10 spots it's, lower in the rankings. It's about to get helped by a potential if, win against BYU. But if BYU if wins, what I'm saying is BYU beats Santa Clara, they'll have the best seed in the NCAA tournament out of the West Coast Conference. Santa Clara still might be, well, they still might be a higher seed. Ooh, I don't know. We'll see. Jamal Williams said in an interview that he roller skates when he's stressed. How good of a stress roller skater would you be during a BYU football game? Not great. Like, in just fact, you're just going. I'm not a good roller skater in general. I'm not a good rollerblader. My grade two MCL tear would uh, signify that. Yeah, you're playing so, hurt, man. Um, uh, no, I could never roller skate during a BYU football game. Good grief. I'll stick to pacing the sidelines. Yeah, I'll leave that to Jamal. Uh, I'm more of the, the weird uh, person. I went with some friends like two or three years ago. We all, we all went to, uh, I think it was classic, right? Just a bunch of 30-somethings just weaving in and out of teenagers. I was on a, a scooter. Oh, you were riding like, a you can ride you a ride little a scooter? You can ride a little scooter there. I can't skate with crap, no. Why, well, careful for your shins with those scooters, man. That's what I told all the kids. I said, look out. <laughs> Louisville women's basketball coach Jeff Waltz is not a joke. Had a slide installed in their this. practice facility awesome. so he and his staff could get from the second floor offices to the floor quicker. That's amazing. <laughs> Can we do that to Studio B? Sarah, my question for you is how mad is Mark Pope that he didn't think of this first? Probably ticked because I, I could see. That's totally a Mark Pope. That would be awesome. Who doesn't want to slide in their house? Jimmy Fallon has one in his house that his kid used. Kids used to I go feel like a college football team of some prominence has a slide Clemson. from the second place. Is it Clemson? Yeah. Uh, it's Clemson. Yeah, that's right. So th we've seen this before, but hey. We've seen this before. It's basketball, Louisville. Yesterday at Sapporo uh, Moken tweeted at us, can we talk about the real elephant in the room regarding the BYU football slide? <laughs> Speaking of slide. Didn't start until the new Studio B came online. Obviously, the Sports <laughs> Nation karma is not what it was. So how much uh, responsibility <laughs> should we take for the three-game losing streak? And sometimes it takes a little while to get used to new digs, new surroundings, new studio. Yeah, it'll come around, okay? Listen, I'm not, I'm willing to, if, if this is what it, it takes for BYU football to play better, for us to say, hey, I'm sorry our new studio did not bring the karma effect like you used to, fine. Just win tonight and I'll happily <laughs> take the blame partially for BYU football not performing well since after the Baylor game when our studio went into play. We're undefeated. I don't know what <laughs> this is. Uh, no, I don't care. Just if you win tonight, great. I'll happily shoulder part of that blame. Yeah, no. <laughs> the, the karma's convenient, okay? The karma's convenient. <laughs> Join Gregor Bell, Riley Nelson, Jason Shepard, Mitchell Jurgens, 
Fire up coverage of tonight's BYU East Carolina game, 6 Eastern on BYU Radio. Up next, our game notes for East Carolina and BYU next. Mm -hmm. Things that you absolutely need to know to feel better about BYU's chances. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium on a game day. Happy Friday, everyone. This is mm. BYU Sports Nation. I'm See Spencer that Linton. That is Jerem Jordan. Beautiful backdrop. It is cold, but it is beautiful. It's it looks time. warm. It is not, okay? It, it is, is time reason. for our game notes. Things that you need to know to be the expert in your own BYU football circles. Jerem, start us off. ECU got ballers. Yep. Quarterback Holton Ehlers, the ECU career leader in touchdown passing yards. AAC leader in completions, by the way. Running back Keaton Mitchell, ninth nationally in yards per carry, already to 1,100 rush yards. Should I be impressed? Because I am. Wide receiver C.J. Johnson went to high school with uh, Holton and Isaiah Winstead, both top 10 in receiving yards. Well, one of them, uh, Johnson receiving touchdowns, Winstead receiving yards. These guys are good on offense, like very good. Certainly, but you know what? They've enjoyed a lot of home cooking this season. BYU, or sorry, ECU, of the eight games they've played, Jerem, six have been at home this year. They have played two road games, one against USF, like BYU, common opponent. They scored 48 against USF. BYU scored 51. Maybe that goes into the three-point line for BYU tonight. they have a half-hour lightning delay? Okay. Probably not. The other road game they played was against Tulane. They scored nine points in that game. Huge point of emphasis for ECU's coaching staff this week is can we take home energy with us on the road against a good team? They talked a lot about this. Nine points against Tulane. This makes me feel a little bit better about ECU being a little bit weird on the road tonight after their performance against Tulane. Tulane, a top 25 team uh, at 7-1. and one. They're pretty good. Okay, uh, number two for me. ECU isn't good at defending the pass, uh, so Jaron Hall and the Cougs need to get after it. Bottom 20 worst in pass yards allowed and pass defensive efficiency. So, calling out the Cougs receivers and tight ends to get it done tonight, and Jaron Hall. How crazy is this? This goes into our conversation about BYU playing better at night. BYU as a team is surrendering 113 fewer rushing yards per game this season when the game was after 6 o'clock. What is that? That's not a thing. <laughs> like, what? Well, it is a thing, clearly, but, like, why is that a thing? Why? That's what I want to know. I can't explain. Why? Like, 113 fewer rushing yards when the game's after 6? Yeah, it's BYU's, uh, you know, the newest Batman movie where it's just, like, just at night, just BYU comes out at night. The 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 wear kooks showing up tonight. Defense after dark, Jerem. <laughs> Defense after dark. Let's go. Hopefully. <laughs> Speaking of, BYU's 23-1 since 2019 when kickoffs at 6 or later. That's the case tonight. 9-13 when it's earlier. So, for some reason, BYU's just unbelievable. Like, BYU can hang with Georgia. I'm kidding. If it's after 6 o'clock, like, it feels like just BYU turns into this other, again, the wear kooks. Yes, it's Halloween weekend. Yes, Come on, wear kooks. Yes, it is. BYU is trying to avoid a couple of dubious marks here. The last time BYU had a winless month was September of 2017, which was part of BYU's worst stunk. season in 50 years, 4-9. and nine. The last time BYU had a winless October was when Bronco Mendenhall took over the defense back in October of 2014. 
They lost against Boise State. You made it sound like it was Broncos. No, no, no. They lost. I'm just saying, similar situation. It was so bad. Similar situation with Bronco taking over for Nick Howell, calling the plays. Kalani taking over for Elias Tuiaki, calling the plays. Yeah, Jaime Hill was like, yeah, that was bad in 2010. In 2010. Yeah, not great. So let's avoid the winless month for the first time in five years. And the first winless October in eight years. Not great. Any comp to 2017 means that's bad. Because 2017 is the worst. Hey, as we mentioned, huge game tomorrow in women's soccer. Number 13, BYU. Number 23, Santa Clara. 8 Eastern time, WCC title on the line. If the Broncos win, they got the title locked up with two games to go. BYU still playing for that. And uh, NCAA tournament seeding tomorrow night on BYU 2. Up next, fantasy teams for the weekend. Should I, bench, should I bench Jaron to just, give you a shot? Just to see if I have a chance. <laughs> he's gonna get a t- he's gonna get a thirty spot in this one. Hey, we got a rise and shout out to Elite Parenting as well. This is BYU Sports Nation. Find this guy. Yep. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand from within the shadows of the everlasting hills. May peace be with you this day and always as you download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps and subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. Let's play BYU Sports Nation fantasy football on a Friday, shall we? Why? Because an unbeaten mark is on the line, Jerem. Can I run the table? Go perfect. I want you to. (laughs) I don't care about this anymore. (laughs) I've given up. I'm tanking. Or when Ben Yama. Taking for the number one pick. I'm next taking year. for the number one. For the number uh, one I've already got it. Pick. I've already got it. I don't need to do anything. <laughs> like, why should I even try now? Okay, my starters uh, in a losing effort this week will be Zach Wilson taking on the Pats. Zach, can you throw a touchdown pass or two? Uh, ben Bywater. He's my only defensive player, so I must start him. And Chase Roberts is my receiver. No Cody Epps, no Chris Brooks. Those are two of my big uh, targets there on offense. Those guys are out. Hey, this game. if Zach so, Wilson has a big week, this might be your week. Chase, Robert, Chase Bob better show up today. Come on, Chase. My starters for week nine. Uh, not surprising, going with the number one overall pick in this year's draft, Jaron Hall, to lead things off. If this is a shootout, it's over. <laughs> Seriously, if this is 7-3, to three, I've got a chance. Yes. Fred Warner gets the start, linebacker for the 49ers. Uh, on my defensive side, and then, you know what, I, I'm going to start Jamal Williams. Like, typically I would go with Puka Nakua because Puka's going to have a big night. I just, for whatever reason, woke up feeling like Jamal's going to get into the end zone for the Lions this weekend. You don't have to do jack squat with your second and third players. Like, <laughs> the fact that Zach, <laughs> not Zach, not has not, Zach has not done a ton for me on offense, and Jaron's been really good this year. That disparity there is was, the reason There was one week. X and O, whatever it is. Where you had an eight-point lead going into Monday Night Football. Yep. You had an eight-point lead, and I needed nine tackles from Fred, and he gave me exactly nine. Because you had a decent week from Zach. Never trust a niner. (laughs) (laughs) That gave me at least Maybe I should let you start four players next week. (laughs) Just to see. Just waited. Yes. Well, I'm also starting a BYU player on the uh, uh, Cougar Defender. That's not been ideal this year. No. BYU struggle, right? Which, by the way, want to get this stat out there. You know what BYU hasn't lost to this year? A G5. 3-0? and I like that G5 stat. ECU. Co- what about Liberty? They're an independent. How do you not know that? <laughs> With Brigham Young. They're going to Conference USA. BYU's going to the They're league. not technically group of five. They are indie. Okay, I'll take it. 
convenient stats to make us feel better. Convenient stats to yes. make us feel like BYU yes. can win tonight. BYU sure. a favorite. Three points. Which is wild. Uh, yeah, let's get it done. Stop messing. Hey, BYU, stop dorking around. Let's get a win tonight, okay? Let's go. let's go. We have to talk about this every day. Are you thinking about people like us? Okay? And yourselves, of course. No, everybody's stressed. Everyone wants a win. It's at home. It's on a Friday, which I love more than a Saturday. Like, yeah, let's go, man. Let's get this done. It's trick or treat. We want the treat. No more tricks. You know the most popular um, uh, candy for Halloween? Candy corn? It's Snickers. It's the most popular. So perhaps BYU, uh, it, why wait? You know, why wait? Why wait tonight to get a win? Like, get a win now. Yes. Sometimes you're not yourself. BYU has not been itself no. the last couple of weeks, and perhaps they eat Snickers <laughs> in metaphorical form, and boom, turn into the Werekooks, <laughs> and, and now they win. Who did, just give them We've Snickers. We figured it out. BYU's going to consume just Snickers in the Snickers. locker room, and boom yeah. goes the dynamite. Yeah, no, they've been eating that awful candy corn for the past few weeks. I think BYU had Snickers before the Baylor game, if I recall. Oh, so, interesting. That's not true. I'm Our question of the day, what candy does BYU need to eat tonight to beat East Carolina? What random thing do you feel BYU needs to do to win? Does it matter how BYU plays tonight if they just win the game? Nah, dog. Our elite voice today presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Nate Paskett on Twitter says, margin of victory is not important. Correct. But I want to see fire in the player's eyes. How are you going to do that? I want to see energy and fight. So, yes, the attitude okay. of the play yep. matters, but how they get the win does not. I like that take. I, like, I want to see the exact opposite of what I saw in the second half against Liberty last week, which was just broken. Body language. Broken. That's, that's what I think Nate is talking about. Yes. Yeah. Fully engaged. Mm -hmm. Like, hope. When the adversity hits, and it will, don't tuck tail and run and yeah. like, oh, here we go again. You, you will trail in Fight. this game. They're going Fight to have back. to – Respond, yeah, absolutely. Today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's That's give great. it to our guy, John Beck. He found his guy. Yes. That's his parenting excellence. He said, my six-year-old is homesick from school. It's time for him to see the greatest moments in BYU football history. You can watch that on YouTube. It's so good. So great. A rare hurricane watch for Pro Utah. It's one of the best productions I've ever seen in my life. So good. It's on my IMDb BYU Top 100. Our Top 100? Thanks, our thanks to today's guest, Roy Philpott. Sorry to Dennis, we ran out of time. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Gordon Hudson. We'll see you tonight. BYU Sports Nation. Come on, baby. Six Eastern, two-hour pregame show. Go Cougs. Get Beat it. the Pirates. Get it done.